Oh, okay, alright. We'll turn that on later. It's called The Orange Harvest. You know what's wild about the song called Orange Harvest? <coughs> Orange is the prophetic color for the harvest. <laughs> I bet you String Cheese Incident doesn't know about that. But we do. Because we're better than them. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Shabba. Man. Oh, I feel so fried tonight. Glory. <coughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord, for so much help. You pray for help, and then he just gets you high. Mother's little helper in the glory. Amen. <coughs> I'm the pill glory tonight. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. I like uh, when the wine gets out of control. <clears throat> Just simmer in the sauce. <clears throat> Demonstrations of intoxications through God, through the nations. Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I was in the furnace earlier. <laughs> Downstairs and in heaven. <coughs> and it was like blowing the dust off of it because it's starting to get cold in Minnesota. And that's, I think I inhaled some of the, the <laughs> some of the dust. <laughs> I feel really whacked out. <laughs> Shaba. <clears throat> so if you see dust coming out, it's not a sign and wonder, it's just the furnace. Mm. This glory is amazing. I've been in awe of God all day. <clears throat> it was about, I think, 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We were drunk as you suppose. <laughs> you know what's funny? When the two eagles came to me, it was nine in the morning. I remember looking at the clock. <coughs> That's the time of Pentecost. Pentecost came at nine in the morning. <coughs> morning drinkers. <coughs> and you know, you're already so fried in the glory all the time, but then the natural realm gets totally just fried on how fried you are. <coughs> It's like frying within frying <clears throat> while you're flying. I look outside my window and you know you might say, oh eagles everywhere. No. I don't I don't think I saw a single eagle this whole summer on Beatty Makaska where I live. So to see two circling over my apartment was significant. <laughs> And then when I went up and got the video, I felt the favor of the Holy Spirit. You can see the video. Posted it on Facebook. So I'm like, whoa, eagles. <laughs> so, so prophetic. <laughs> you know, you, you, <clears throat> you look out the window and just see something. 
Here, just look out your eyeballs and just see something cool. Man, there, I feel the Beavis and Butthead glory. That's cool. <laughs> this church is cool. <laughs> Whoa, he lifted us up into a really high and lofty place. <clears throat> if you're just tuning in and you're tardy, you, you're going to ISS in school salvation. And we're going to send you there with the scripture of the day. What's going on there? It says shabba ding dong shika ding ding sheep and it says sheep over there. <coughs> I <laughs> I saw the Lord high. Isaiah 6 1, one of the best verses in the Bible. You memorize that one tonight. Look at how whack those little daisies are. Rainbow's so drunk he forgot what color he was. I think it's like two of the same blues there. That's good. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. You ever just be in awe of God? You ever just sit there and be like, wow. Pretty amazing. There's this astonishment of walking with the Holy Spirit that gets really healthy for the brain. It's called walking in the fear of the Lord or walking in the awe of God, Isaiah 11. It's someone who's walking in the anointing, who's friends with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where your brain is just looking at it going, wow, I can't believe it keeps getting better. When you walk in the glory of God, it gets better. Glory to glory is the covenant, but the issue is you got to first get into the glory. Very few Christians have ever gotten into the glory. We're out there just in witchcraft land with salvation in their brain, trying to be good animals. It ain't Christianity. Christianity is realizing the glory. This glory is phenomenal, too. You can't even understand how much it's like heroin. How much it's like acid and eating an ounce of psilocybin cubenzies. Drinking a whole vial of blotter. <laughs> <laughs> Black pyramid blotter glory. <laughs> Double dipped Timothy Leary sugar cube glory. Synthetic masculine glory. In the liquid cocaine glory tonight. And it feels like it. It really. It's completely blowing me away. This was wild because, you know, you get on uh, such a teaching anointing and I, we have such a preaching and teaching anointing and then sometimes the anointing just takes over the teaching and preaching. That's a really good, good thing. That's a really, we celebrate that. One thing that really bothered me when I was 
you know, in church is that the wine was kind of a side dish. Like getting getting whacked, getting high, feeling high, feeling good, feeling happy on the glory. <laughs> kind of pushed to the side. Now let's focus on the word, brother. <laughs> no. no, shut up, man. <laughs> yeah, shut up. No, the Holy Spirit's not focusing on the word. Holy Spirit's getting these kids happy. You need to just flow in the Holy Ghost. There is a river. The Bible says, now check this one out. There is a river whose streams make sad. You think, you think that's what it says sometimes. There is a river whose streams make serious. Brother, what about Joe Biden's inflation right now? I mean, shut up, that's the time to get high. You know? Smoke a Jehovah Wanna doobie. You need some chocolate tie glory, man. You need to smoke some skunk weed of the Garden of Eden right now. You need to know about these edibles. Holy. One thing I've noticed about the Garden of Eden, been in it so deeply for about 20 three years now is that the Garden of Eden is a dispensary of heavenly drugs and anyone that says otherwise is a liar you get up into that angelic ecstasy you are so freaking fried people that come back into their body after being in heaven are freaking glowing like they've been in Chernobyl I mean how does that feel when you're when you're glowing like a glow stick when your bones are neon from being fried in heaven. And it feels pretty good. Feeling pretty good right now. Feels good to be in heaven. Maybe entered the joy prepared for him or something. So we're here as Joel's dispensary tonight. And you can you can have a bar if you want to. Whatever you got faith for, we're in agreement. <laughs> you never see us persecuting the wine or the Holy Ghost, anything he wants to do to comfort his children. You know, what does a comforter do? Last time I checked, when you buy a comforter, like a down comforter, it's so that you feel good. Right? Now, I'm, I'm going to send a comforter. Are you going to feel good when you receive him? Some of you have blocked out the comforter. You need to ask the comforter into your heart. Because if you're feeling good on something else, you ain't going to feel the glory like we do. You got sin in your life. You know, the, the glory pleasure don't mix with sin. But the glory pleasure will consume sin if you're open to it. If you're critical, judgmental, negative towards it, well, I mean, the drug is actually a person. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is drugs, and there's just no question about it. You drink his blood, you're going to get messed up. Now, Jesus said that when you were attached to the vine, you would know them by their fruit. Well, that means there is some kind of outward evidence, according to John 15, that a person has the blood of Jesus coursing through their veins and arteries. They're going to probably look a certain way. 
They're gonna be dignified. Oh yeah, they'll be dignified. They'll be serious. They'll be angry, grumpy. They'll be demon possessed. They'll be worldly, full of cares of this life. Isn't the wine horrible to sin and Satan? <laughs> I like getting on Mount Carmel sauce with Elijah oh, yeah. and just barbecuing the enemies, just roasting them up here. Hey man, all the enemies, they don't even want to use their names, just make up names for them up here. Any, anything derogatory, dinglehopper, whippersnap, whippersnap, and I, I like buckwheat. Like something, just something real basic, old-timer, redneck insults. I think I carry a lot of glory on them, actually. A lot of glory. <laughs> Shabba. You know you're a redneck when you mow your grass and you find your car. <laughs> yeah, totally guilty. I don't know about finding a car, but... We, we were growing like a wheat field back here, trying to be prophetic for years. Until the city said, man, you know, you, you can't have a field in your backyard. There's ordinances from having five feet grass in your yard. I was like, oh, I don't know about no law. Frickin' Pharisees. Growing mushrooms under that tall grass. <laughs> we've <laughs> we've discovered little people that live under the tall grass, sir. If we cut it down, we'll be tearing down their homes. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's gone too far. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good thing the mental institute is that capacity. It's just the drugs. I'm fine. I'm fine. Angelic drugs are applauded in heaven. It's actually an extremely holy thing. On earth, it's, you know, greasy. Slimy activity. Like, yeah, yeah, low life. It's shameful. It's full of shame. Yeah, you feel bad afterwards. Exact opposite in heaven. You're more confident, joyful. My righteous drugs are as bold as a lion. That liquid courage of a river of honey, cinnamon, and might. Amen. And angel dust. Superhuman strength. Just uh, so you have a grid, the Bible says first in the natural, then in the spiritual. <coughs> I put on this crazy outfit today. You gotta see these pants. Too, man. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's like. It's a Jerry Garcia 19. Holy. I put on this outfit today. I felt like I had a special mantle. I, was, I felt like the closing was getting me high. Isn't that wild? There's things that God does on the outside. The Bible says He's not just on the inside. He's also around you. 
you know, once you know him on the inside, do you know what you do? All you do, once you know him on the inside, is enjoy him around you. What's God's plan for your life? Realize the glory. First, you gotta get in the glory by realizing the glory, discovering Christ in your spirit. Then all you do the rest of your life is enjoy him. And if you can keep that joy, that pearl of great price, you'll never sober up, you'll never lose your anointing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you'll never get into the counterfeit. You'll never have a fit. You'll never have an anger problem. You won't even be frustrated. You ever seen someone whacked out of their mind frustrated? You're too whacked to be frustrated. I'm, amen. This ain't the alcohol of God. This is like the peace of God that passes understanding. What happens when you get to a measure of peace that passes understanding, which means more than the thought life of your brain? You think you're going to feel a certain way? You're like, that's what living in the awe of God is. It's when the bliss is so strong, that's all you're feeling. That's how you want to live. You want to live feeling His presence, His glory, His power, His joy. I want to feel what Jesus is feeling right now in His transfigured state of being. I'm not going to settle for a counterfeit of some theological doctrine of how Satan thinks he's feeling so I can just have knowledge about it far, far away in my brain in Babylon. I'm going to go into that realm and feel the same way he feels. It's called the wine of the marriage supper. In Jewish weddings, the first thing you do is drink as much wine as you want. It's true. That's the first stage of the Jewish wedding in ancient times. Nowadays, you know, they'd have Welch's grape juice or kombucha or culture pop because I won't touch alcohol ever. No way. Not gonna mix the counterfeit with the real deal. No mixture over here. You you can't mix it when you get to this level of drunken glory. There's zero desire. You utterly scorn counterfeits when you're this whacked in the real deal. I mean, there's no temptations anymore that could seize you because you're completely in heaven in whole areas of your soul. You know, Jesus gave us the spirit to take us into heaven. But if you're not in the spirit, you can't go into heaven. You know that? How does the spirit save us as another savior? Jesus Christ, John 14, and I will send another savior. Oh man, I want to read 2 Corinthians 4. Just checking this one out though. Yeah. I saw the Lord high. <laughs> I saw the Lord, and he was high. They didn't teach me that in Sunday school, man. People think, are you just being funny? No, I am, this is me serious. We're serious about the glory, about feeling the glory through every inch of your soul, every cubit of your brain. Amen? Every millimeter of your flesh. 
intoxicated on his glory. It is, it's more important than anyone knows. You know, when the Bible says some come out with prayer, you know what prayer is? Brother Lawrence said in, in his book, prayer is practicing the presence of God. Prayer is when you're in the liquid glory, when you're in the oil of glory, when you're in the spirit in the cloud of glory, in the substance of glory, when you're encountering the physical manifest presence of the person of the Holy Spirit, and then you're practicing the presence of that person, you are beginning to pray as Christians. And Jesus said a lot of people pray as pagans. Pagans means you're not in the presence. That's why they just hit and miss and they pray out of their brain and pray out of their will and they pray out of their bones and they pray out of their flesh. That's not prayer. (laughs) Prayer is getting into the river and agreeing with the river and speaking what the river is saying. Jesus said, I only pray what my father's saying. (laughs) Amen. Jesus only prayed God's will. If the Father didn't say it, he couldn't even pray it. (laughs) Amen? I only speak what my Father is speaking. That included his prayer life. That's why Jesus had every single one of his prayers answered. So we just line up our word, our will, our feelings, our emotions, our flesh and blood, our brain, our heart, our whole spirit. To the word of the Father and the desires of the Father, and you're going to realize his desires are so unreligious, it's going to shock your senses. People think God's desires must be to plant churches everywhere, have Billy Graham crusades, that everybody would go to church on Sunday morning. No, he wants every church to be destroyed on Sunday morning. The exact opposite. It's true. The days of Noah destroyed all buildings of religion in the whole world. Jesus said that's what his second coming would be like. Jesus didn't like church. Jesus is not a church Christian. He was kicked out of his home church in Nazareth his first day of full-time ministry to read the Bible. Obviously, he didn't like it. It's a counterfeit. It is. It's a temporary counterfeit until you understand the real church is what? Living in his presence. In his presence, you are in the church of the firstborn in heaven. Some of you have never been to church before. And it's time to get into the glory and realize the glory and live in the temple and always be in real church. You know, this is the temple. Your body is the temple. First Corinthians 6, 19 or temple. There's the same word for church, which means your body is the church. You ever come out of your body? Yeah, part of you always in your body, which means with revelation, you've never left church since you've been born again. You've been in church 24-7 since you've been born again, if you understand the body is the church, because you got a born-again spirit that lives in that body. Separating soul and spirit, Apostle Paul says, is separating spirit from flesh. I was reading that today in the Passion Translation. <laughs> Whoa. He's bringing me there. You already know John 14. I will send another Savior. That's in the NIV, so even the Pharisees can believe that one. 
<laughs> Whoa. Where we are. Second Corinthians chapter four. In Brian Simmons's gospel. The gospel of Brian. It's true. Paul calls it his book. Paul calls it his gospel. Paul calls it his Bible. It's his Bible. He wrote it. You know that? Paul calls the whole Christian experience his. Isn't that wild? You do that stuff today, they think you're prideful, but that's how the kingdom actually is. This is Brian's gospel. And it's the truth. I mean, until you have your own gospel by the Holy Ghost, which is experiences in the Holy Ghost, your own book of Acts, have a few chapters in there, that's what becoming a living epistle is. A living epistle is your gospel. It doesn't mean it's the full gospel. It's the gospel you have as a living epistle in your experiences with Jesus Christ. That's why they call it the gospel of Mark. That's Mark's gospel. The gospel of Luke. That's Luke's gospel. That's Luke's experience with Jesus Christ that came out of his spirit, through his soul, through his flesh, with pen and parchment, by his gospel, which is his relationship with the living God. Make it personal. Religion doesn't make it personal. Religion just thinks it all belongs to some kind of Jesus out in space. So really just religion gives Christianity to the fallen angels if you haven't noticed by now. Real Christianity makes it personal, makes it rewarding, so that if you get into obedience, you get more pleasure than those in disobedience. If you get into faith, you have more encounters with angels than those that are faithless. So there's rewards for those who diligently seek Him. And the rewards are heaven increasing in your life. Great rewards. The Bible says God is your great reward. Not just reward, not just regular reward, not just psych ward. Great reward. Hallelujah. See how, we, see how we did that? We threw a psych ward in there with reward? Just to see if you're alive out there. We might be drunk, but we're still witty. Drunk and unwitty. Unwitty inventions. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Whoa, Shaka. Man, that one released oil all over my head. I think I made the Holy Spirit laugh. When you make the Lord laugh, oil just kind of explodes all over your brains. <laughs> He's like that one un unwitty invention. <laughs> Whoa. Lord, I can feel the joy eating Satan out of some of you people's flesh right now. I'm just going to keep going with it. But uh, that's good. That's good. God's cleaning you up with joy. That's the anointing. That's devouring Satan in your soul. Some of you are just getting eaten up by the oil, by the joy. Thank you for for even being available to do that. That's that's kind of cool. Just be here and just let the oil eat you. That's really, that's a good place to be. You know, the prodigal son, first after he gets over his 
temper tantrums and all that. He just kind of maybe he'll stick around the younger ones' party. Like he'll go to the party. But he ain't gonna dance. He ain't gonna dance at the party. He'll go. I guess I'll go. I guess. No dancing though. Judging everyone. <laughs> but you know, there's something about just being a part of the family, anyhow. If you're just a total religious prodigal, you know, at least you're around. You know, I just honor you for even tuning in today. <laughs> yeah, you're you're here. Sometimes you get a reward just for showing up, showing up, and just tolerating wild drunks. I know the angels look at that and be like, that's not usually what happens in the past. They usually weep and gnash their teeth, get angry, then they go simmer in the sauce that they attacked and begins to eat away like battery acid at their souls. When you attack the oil of joy, the anointing of the Messiah, it begins to eat at you. I mean, that's what judgment really is. It's like if you attack God, and people attack God constantly, it's every day, all day long, people attack God. What happens is the new covenant, God knowing the ignorance of the animal soul and the beast brain and the witchcraft hand, what he releases when you attack him is the substances of his glorified cross. Remember when the spear went into his side? How did God attack his murderers? By pouring blood and water on him. He poured glory on him. You attack God, you attack me, you attack sons of God, you attack friends of God, you attack God's people, you're going to get the glory all over you. And the glory will devour the demons. Don't think, oh, no, it's, it's going to go well for me. No, you're an enemy of God. But what will happen is God will consume you. God consumes his enemies through them opposing him. What do you think prayer is? Pray for those who hate you. Now we taught Brother Lawrence, prayer is living in the glory, living in the oil of joy. Can you imagine bitter, sour-minded, serious, religious Christians and all of their stuff, these enemies of the oil of joy, and when you pray for them, you just keep pouring that joy, that laughter. The oil is the purse of the Holy Spirit. The oil will laugh right on top of their serious brain. It will. The scriptures say that, that he dances over us. Which means there's laughter over your mind when your mind is gone in religion, in sorcery, and magic arts. And that's why you don't feel God very much. That's why. But God is right above your brain in an anointing dancing over you. And so you just let that kind of settle down. You know, you do need to make fun of yourself for being so wrong all the time and being religious and serious and angry. All the, you, There needs to be a revealing of the heart, the Bible says, for forgiveness. The hearts of all men will be laid bare. You can't just stay there and be like, oh, it's, it's okay, the oil is taking care of me now. 
I must be in right standing. No, the one in right standing is over your head. Doesn't mean you're in right standing with God at all. He's just dancing over you. The righteous one is dancing over you. You have to go up into the dance. Why do we look upon her? Because she looks as though she dances with angels. Song of Solomon says, in the marriage wine. There's a synchronicity to the enjoyment and celebration in heaven that many believers don't have, and that's because they haven't risen from the dead. Rising from the dead takes a participation with what the angels of God are doing over your head above you right now in the angelic realm. You will never rise in new elevations of Jesus Christ, glory to glory. Another translation says one dimension to another dimension or degree to degree, it's elevations of the resurrection. You can't rise in new higher elevations until the soul, the brain, the heart, the mind, the word, the tongue, the body, the bones, the marrow are synchronized with the activity of that higher realm. I saw the Lord high and then he got high and then his people cut him in half with a wooden saw. That's how Isaiah was martyred. So people are going to react negatively to you if you follow the dance of the angels. Why? Because this is a world filled with fallen angels. And listen, 2,000 years deep into Christianity, we're not going out by losing to the enemy in this generation. Just not going to happen. This whole nation was founded by Christian immigrants. Maybe it was a lot of mixture. There's religious people, Quakers and Bakers and Shakers and all that stuff in the colonies of the East Coast. And there's a rich Christian history fleeing from persecution in Europe. You understand that? That's how the colonies came here. I'm not talking about the Luciferian Freemason George Washington. I'm talking about the real Bible-believing Christians that were fleeing persecution that founded the colonies of the East Coast. And they, they were sincerely with all their heart trying to follow the Holy Ghost. And they were just getting, they were getting persecuted. They'd lose their jobs. They'd be beaten in Europe. And so they came here to flee persecution. That's the foundation. It is. In many ways, I know there's foundations of the enemy. We're uprooting that. The Bible says you cut that down at the roots of the tree. And we deal with the roots of the tree of knowledge every day. Let's deal with the roots of the tree of life, of what the anointing did in the 1700s, and what the anointing of the Holy Ghost, who did awesome things in the 1600s. Some of these revivals are so wild, they just get slain in the 1800s. <clears throat> They'd throw them on horse and buggies, and the horse would take them to the revival as they're whacked out in the carriage. It's true. They just lay them down on the ground, and they'd come out of their trances, and Charles Finney be preaching, and just be whacked in the glory. <clears throat> Back then, this is a true story. This is American revival history, 1800s. They called it getting happy, where they couldn't stop laughing uncontrollably for hours. You know this happened in America? You need to study American revival. There's been dozens, probably hundreds of USA revivals. Hundreds and hundreds of... <clears throat> I, I took a master's level course in Bible college. <clears throat> Put my degree up some other time. Really smart. This was a very, really high level 
edumacated Bible college deal. <clears throat> Can't believe I passed the class, actually. But it was the, the class was called Revival History. <clears throat> and so, supposedly, we went, through, we went through all the Azusa Street papers of 1906 to 1916 with William Seymour, but we went back into all kinds of other crazy stuff, too. And one thing I noticed is it was always wild. It was always crazy. There was, One thing about revival, there's revival is a religion-free zone every time. You'll find a revival is when a person overcomes a religious demon in their soul. You know, that, that you could say that's the definition of being revival, is that you've overcome religion in your spirit, soul, mind, and body, which means all that's left is freedom and joy and laughing uncontrollably. Well, as a, a measurement, that's what you need to know where you are with the enemy of your soul. <clears throat> because that really is the revival thermometer. And what happens each time? Look at the 1916. They got serious about the color of their skin. They said, we can't be in the glory cloud with blacks, with whites. We're going to have the Church of God in Christ and the Assemblies of God in 1916 and that's how the two main Pentecostal denominations of planet earth were founded the only denomination bigger than the assemblies of God on earth is the Roman Catholic Church how crazy is that and the assemblies of God was started just a little over a hundred years ago and the other ones about 1600 years isn't that wild that's the power of the spirit but man always comes in and screws it up that's why revival ends man comes in wants to figure it out put his brain on it organize it get rid of the freedom get rid of the wildness and turn it into religion and that's what they did to turn it into sunday religion sunday pentecostal religion next thing you know you gotta wear your hair in a bun and wear a certain kind of suit just to get into the doors of an Assemblies of God church. And you know what they outlawed? Dancing. They said there's no dancing. <laughs> they say you can't dance. You know how many verses in the Bible are about dancing? But because of culture and a fear of culture and the fear of freedom, you come into rules and regulations. Half of you have still done that and have really hurt your children because of it. Some of you actually hurt your kids and you need to repent because you put them under do's and don'ts in religion. You cast magic arts on them. I know you meant well, but you have to go back and undo the magic. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's not going to go well with those kids. You trained them in sorcery. You gotta come out of the control of the soul into the river of life and trust the spirit of glory which is Jesus Christ with us, Emmanuel. You can trust the Spirit of Christ that is sent out into all the earth. If you don't, you'll never reveal the kingdom to anyone and you won't be in the kingdom yourself. It'll just be the knowledge of good and might as well be in the knowledge of bad because you don't have any fun in the knowledge of good. At least the knowledge of bad has fun for a, a season. That's why you see younger prodigals always taking the reins in revival. The older prodigals, they're there just judging. You realize that? Every revival was ran by former younger prodigals. Almost every single one. Lonnie Frisbee, 
I mean, you study revival history. It's because you're forgiven much, you love much. <laughs> we always expose the self-righteous antichrist pseudo-Christian spirit at Joel's bar, but it has to be personal because it's still such a cunning serpent, <clears throat> it's still deceiving most of you. You still have a lot of its poison in you. And so the answer to that is getting undone. The answer to that is learning how to drink, learning how to enjoy his presence, learning his character. You must know the character of the Father is celebrational and not denominational. You must know that the character of the Father is a party thrower in Luke 15 and not a beater of your back for wrongdoing. See, Satan is always pretending to be God the Father. He's the father of lies. And the most lied about thing of Satan and the angels is the nature and the character of the father. And that's why you see that same stuff towards the apostles, because they have the character of the father. And if the fallen angels can twist the character of the father to the believers, you'll completely reject the promised land. You'll never know the nature of God. This is what they attack character assassination of the father and anyone who's in the father representing him you understand that's what the demons that's all they do because if you don't know the nature of the father his goodness his celebration his, his fun his his table of feasting how good it is to be in heaven how welcoming his gates are that you are welcomed at his gates the spirit and the bride say come and drink you're welcome to drink you're welcome to have fun all the time with the holy spirit i mean that real revealing of the nature of god right now is so critical because if you don't know that part of you that yearns for celebration because you're created for celebration you're created for enjoyment it dies your soul dies when you lack enjoyment people think fasting is dying to joy people think fasting is dying to celebration that's why Jesus forbid his apostles to fast why because they were so freaking religious they would have turned it into some kind of ritual there was zero fasting for Jesus and his apostles you know that's what the Bible says no fasting you have to learn to feast because you're freaking religious you don't even know how to enjoy God you don't know how to you don't have a foundation of the character of God if you're fasting outside the father's house it doesn't benefit you I've seen people die from fasting I don't know if they went to hell or not but it certainly didn't go well when you die from trying to do some kind of thing in Christianity something went wrong it's pretty demonic. De death is pretty demonic, guys. Doesn't get much more demonic than dying. No. Okay. You got that established. Sound doctrine. We know death is bad. The final enemy, death. Bad. Death's bad. Amen. Living's good. Celebrating's good. But you have to learn how to do it in the spirit, which means it requires you to have revelation of his nature. Some of you have been so lied to by the father of lies, and yeah, I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to you. That the whole nature of the father is perverted in your mind, in your very heart. And there's still performance-based pleasing, anti-grace, which is anti-Christ. And this is the demonstration of the wildness of the prophets and the wildness of the wine. 
that it would impart into you the freedom and abundant life and the goodness and the pleasure and the enjoyment of the true nature of the Father to you. No, Jesus came to reveal the Father is what the Bible says, which means if you have a ministry from heaven at all, your ministry is to reveal the nature of the Father. Celebrational. Notice it's not works. The younger one, because he had a perverted view of his father, said, I'll go be a slave in my father's house. <laughs> you know, God deals, Jesus is so genius. He deals with the entire perspective of the nations and all nations in their fallen condition in Luke 15 in the story of the prodigals. He gets under the skin. He gets into the, the deep realms of deception and he uproots it with the simple revealing of the goodness of the father. Once you have a foundation of God's goodness, that if God be for us, who be against us? The father of lies is against you. That's why you're screwed up. You've been believing the wrong father in the garden. Some kind of father out here. Some kind of misunderstanding. Leviathan is a word twister. This principality, often what it does is it takes the prophetic and it twists it into works. It twists it into boxes and containers of the soul. People could watch the same thing. One person go into fits of laughter. One person get full of wine. The same other person watching the same exact thing is just dead, cold, serious, don't even feel anything. Not, not even a tickle on my hand. Like completely dead. What is it? What's the difference? The difference is revelation. It's a revelation of the Father. That's what we need. That's what this generation needs. That's how you get freedom from Satan. That's who you're wrestling. You might be in denial, but that's exactly what you're dealing with. You're dealing with Satan. And Satan is a religious angel that's trying to just keep you religious. And religion's a dime a dozen. There's nothing holy about religion. What's holy is getting undone in the joy. The joy is holy. The joy is the holy of holies. He entered the joy. Where Jesus is, is as holy as it gets. And he said, I've come that your joy be perfect and your joy be overflowing. This is the gospel. This is my gospel. It's the gospel of joy. It's the gospel of celebration. It's the gospel of freedom, abundant life. This is a real gospel, guys. The gospel where you're constantly celebrating God in your spirit. And if you celebrate him here, eventually he gets up here into your emotions. And if you can get him into your heart, with that first gate opened up, you can get him up into your brain. Once the water of his joy rises up into the brain, oh, look out. Now you're fried in the glory. Now you're living fried. Glorified. Not glorified, glorified. You'll be frying in the light of delight where there is no night. There is just a realm prepared for you, but you have to understand the way of the Lord. This is the way, walk in it. The way the Lord's ever increasing joy. John 20, 20 is my all time favorite verse in the Bible. And when they saw the Lord, Amplified Classic, they were filled with joy, exaltation, jubilation. I added that. They're full of jubilation. They're full of intoxication. They're full of angelic ecstasy and 
rapture. They got rapture. Isn't that wild? The Bible says when the apostles saw the Lord, John 20, 20, that's what it says in the Greek, <clears throat> they were raptured. Now, how can you be raptured with your body still in Jerusalem? Men of Galilee, why are you staring up looking up into the clouds? Is rapture different than just levitating off the ground? Rapture is the inner man caught up into the third heaven. <laughs> the Bible teaches that when you see Jesus, John 20, 20, when you see Jesus, you're raptured. So what is living a lifestyle of rapture, the motto of RLM? Keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Looking at Jesus. The pure in heart see Jesus. If you're looking at Jesus, what's the evidence? What's the fruit? You know him by the fruit, John 15. The fruit be rapture. Bob Jones says, I don't believe in a rapture. I get raptured five times a day. Amen, brother. We're like better than Bob Jones, like just five times. I'm always raptured, Bob Jones. Thanks for passing the baton. We'll take over from here. Ha ha ha. <clears throat> Some people get religious about the prophets. That's dangerous business, man. You need to get, get some freedom. It's not even healthy. <laughs> now it's good to have a reverence for God's anointed. Do my touch not my prophets and do my not my prophets any harm. Jesus said, "Amen." But you can definitely have fun with the prophets. That is a biblical concept that you will just get whacked with the prophets. In fact, most Christianity, if you study the Book of Acts, was just having fun with the apostles and prophets. That's what they did. They get together. They'd have fun together. They would eat, drink, and be merry, for they've been crucified with Christ. And tomorrow we fly because we don't die. Amen. No fear of man where there is no stand. Glory. Shaba, man, I've been just drunk. I like getting into this drunken state and just revelating in the wine cellar. Isn't this fun? Revelating in the wine cellar is one of my favorite things to do. You know, we're not in charge. Some of you might be surprised by that. We're not actually in charge here. The Spirit's the Lord. I'm just on a, a constant field trip with my teacher, the Holy Ghost. So people say there's a time and activity for everything under the sun. So where the Spirit leads, that's the activity today. If we go into a field trip in the wine cellar, you're just along for the ride. Sometimes they'll take you into hell. You're like, man, that, that was a crazy field trip, but if it's spirit-led, it's good bread. Amen. It is fun in the sun. So you understand the flow. I want you guys to under, have an understanding of walking with the Lord. The Lord is fun. The Lord is freedom. What, his name, his banner over you is freedom and fun. You need the freedom and fun glory. You need the freedom and fun Jesus. Some of you got a wrong Jesus. It's not free, not fun. <laughs> Poverty, religious, man, it's Satan. You gotta get the devil out of you. Don't worship the devil. You have to remind Christians to stop worshiping Stan. They think Stan is Jesus. You'd be surprised how much deception when you get lies, Father, what's the lie? Father of lies, 
lies are areas you believe Satan is Jesus. And you tell them this stuff, they'll weep and gnash their teeth. The evidence is right there. Proof's, <laughs> proof's right there. But the lies they give Father, when you believe lies, a lie is forfeiting true divinity for a counterfeit. <laughs> for in a fallen angel form and shadow. You understand that? That's why we're so emphatic of exposing all this stuff, because that's how Satan destroys the human race. Is that lies get fathered in you, and some of these lies are so blasphemous. Are so blasphemous. They say, oh, the freedom of the drunken is blasphemous. You don't have a clue, man. You're completely incarcerated in the devil. In the religious devil. You're like the deep state of the religious devil. And you're looking into freedom and thinking freedom's the devil. Woe to them who call good evil and evil good. I mean, it's like you are completely wrong about everything in your life. And you have to have that epiphany. You need that revelation that you are completely and totally wrong about everything in your entire life. I had that epiphany at age 18. That's what humbled me. And you just stay humble that the soul, the flesh, the senses is always wrong. And I'm not trying to make it right. Jesus is my righteousness. That's how you stay high on the most high. Not at some point, oh, now my soul's a good one. No, my soul's a freaking animal. But the animal forms change. It's not a wild hyena <coughs> that's been drinking gasoline. <laughs> It's, it's now a white dove. Why is this serpents gentle as doves? Serpent under it. Dove serpents. It's a liger. It's a lion and a tiger with magic, magic powers. Your spirit animal. Now spirit animal, that's totally biblical. Lion, eagle, ox, man. God says he's a spirit animal. He's an ox. God says he's a big, fat cow, which is an ox. El Shaddai, which means big, fat cow. It's true. God only took the fat of the offering. Our culture is pretty anti-biblical. We're into, like, fitness. God was into fatness. Read the Bible. It's in there. Your chariot wheels drip with fat. Your chariot wheels drink with skinny. No. Skin milk, skin milk, skinny milk. God won't even receive that. He likes donuts. He's, he's drinking half and half. <laughs> It's true, the nature of the Father, I know, I've been getting blown away by it for, for a long time. The nature of the Father is, you be at the table drinking skim milk, the Father be drinking half and half. And I mean, it, he'll appear to you as just, you know, job of the hut, and like, Dad, you need to lay off the cream. I think you have enough cream. He's <laughs> like, no, I, I am the cream and butter. You drink the cream until you have cream flowing through your veins and arteries. And it is a cholesterol-free zone. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. God is fat and healthy. True. Absolutely facts. We got all kinds of ideas about God. God's gonna pop every bubble we ever imagined. God's gonna set you free. 
<laughs> He's coming with freedom and abundant life like you've never seen before. Not just to be crazy, to be anointed, to be intoxicated. Oh, we love your nature, Father. Thank you for revealing yourself in a new, fresh way to everyone at the sound of my voice. Get them intoxicated. Let us pray for wine and their angels. And their angels just spill all over their brains, <laughs> spill into their, into their blood, and yeah, just shoot them up with the glory IV. Let their angels go into their future, the future of their obedience to the Holy Ghost, and take some of those future rewards, and come back into this timeline and inject it into their, into their veins, and get them high on the future. Your future is filled with bright glory, Proverbs says. So you want to go into the future, that's where the bright glory is. Amen? Where is the glory? In the future. And you need it right now in the present. Your future is filled with bright hope, bright glory. Your future is filled with Shekinah. Your future is filled with a death-free zone. There's no death in your future. You know it's true. Some of you that just got theology be like, yeah, it's true. When I die and go to heaven, there'll be no death in heaven. See, even Pharisees believe that. Amen. Your future is a death-free zone. Amen. <laughs> so you want to bring your future back into your present now. That's what drinking is. Drinking is drinking the river of eternal life in the eternal future. It's, drink, it's going into the future of the earth, the future of the region. You know what the apostolic is? Going into the future of this region. How far? As far as you can go every day by drinking. Until you're just bringing so much of the power of the age to come. What's the power of the age to come? The river. So you have the future power of the future kingdom age of the Messiah, the messianic kingdom age, which we all know the Bible talks about. But you access it by drinking. Getting out of your mind is accessing these realms. The, the glory is the future. When you're in this light, you are in the future and in the present and your past is forgiven and healed. This is how you get your souls restored, that your soul goes into the same exact state of being that God's soul is in, which is this glory. Amen. So you can't do it outside the light. God is light. Without the light of his glory, just forget about ever interacting with God. It'll just be about God. <laughs> That's our enemy, the about God stuff. We don't we need less about God and more light. And then you won't be able to figure it out or explain it. You just get persecuted because you'd be so whacked all the time. Because the light be surging through your veins and arteries. You might lose a business deal or two with a demon-possessed black magic warlock that sacrificed his firstborn son in the Freemason Lodge, but that's good. You didn't want to do business with the devil anyway. God's got something better for you. Amen? So God's got something better. You don't have to deal work deals with the devil to be successful in life. Israel never had to do that in the Old Testament, and that's for our wisdom. You have a new trading floor of the Crystal Sea, which is you working in the glory. God is your promoter. The Father is your mentor in business. God the Father, not the Father of lies. God the Father wants to help you rise. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. 
Plans for failure and embarrassment. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's what some people believe. God's gonna expose me. Love covers a multitude of sins. I know the plans I have for you. Plans for hope and a future. For good and never for evil, declares the Lord. See, the prophetic, as hard as it is on sin and wickedness and religion, it's hard on religion. The prophetic is the systematic annihilation like the Auschwitz of religion. The prophets are the SS officers of the religious stuff that's out here. It's just, it's systematic annihilation and you need to understand it because that, that's why we're vicious because that's the enemies of your soul. You have to have that kind of fortitude to take this stuff out. That You just, you just annihilate it. You ethnically cleanse this stuff from the face of the earth. And you don't even bat an eye because you have revelation of what it is. These are fallen angels. These are demons that will kill everyone if you don't take them out. That's the eagle's job. Eagles eat snakes. And we just systematically annihilate lives. It's like just napalm and everything and <laughs> friendlies and enemies. I mean, uh, yeah, everyone gets napalmed in the glory. But the friendlies, they stand up and they're just stronger afterwards. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Just carpet bombed in the glory. Just totally blown up by God. Just blow us up. Bliss bombs from heaven. <laughs> Winnie Ban Banoff calls it. These are bliss bombs from heaven. God's going to drop a second Adam's balm, B-A-L-M, of the first Adam's fall. I like that. He's going to nuke you. People worried about Vladimir Putin nuking America. Listen, you you need the fear of the Lord. You need to get into getting nuked by the Holy Ghost. You have so fear of death, that stuff won't even harm you like Terminator 2. Sarah Connor in 19. You'd be at the fence with your robot, which means you're just tripping on glory drugs and just enjoying nuclear holocaustal glory. I used to be pretty crazy. We're much more mellow now. I used to be much more raw. It's it, been drinking and doing this stuff so long that it's just become my nature. It's a, it's a much more peaceful, mature realm than it was 10 years ago. That's good. You mature in the, in the wine cellar. There is maturing in the wine cellar. Wine is better with age. It's true. You get less uptight. You get less defensive and just freaking whacked into the enjoyment of God all the time. And you just, you know, like an old person, you don't care what anyone thinks. Old people don't care. Not offending anyone. They know their time is short. They're going to get it out. They're going to say what's on their mind. Amen. And that's how it is in the wine cellar. It just... All those little things of the immaturity of the wine cellar, new in the wine cellar, scared what your parents might think. You don't have any of that. People pleasing so far removed from you. You're just, the main thing now is like, you're in here to enjoy God. I'm in here to have fun with my father in heaven. Like we've, we've grown up in the wine cellar. And it's awesome in this place. Thank you, Father, for it. He wants to raise you in the house of wine. They will say of these ones they're born in Zion, there'll be an evidence that you are born and raised in the wine cellar. Because your joy can't be shaken by current events. Your joy can't be shaken by Democrats or Deep State or Joe Reagan or any of these goofballs. Conservative politics, Democratic, nothing. Natural realm doesn't have any influence on the glory realm. 
to the measure that the natural realm has influence on you is the measure of your faith in God. You know, a lot of people have a small faith, and so the natural realm just, like an influx, fills the void. You're going to be filled with something because you're a temple, and if it's not the Holy Ghost, it's just the world. A lot of times it's not even demons, it's just the world fills the void, and they're just connected to the external realm. Satan only has so many demons, he doesn't waste them on people that just get filled with the world and flow with the world. That are just zombies walking down the wide path, believe anything on CNN and Fox News, and don't question anything that their professors teach in university. Like lemmings. It's crazy, there's lemmings everywhere. They, of, of course, if they say it on TV, they must have my best interests in mind. These are reptiles, people. <laughs> these are, these are, these are reptilians. It's funny because it's true. I remember, I think I was in Bible college one or two years, and the Assemblies of God isn't as wild as, you know, the glory stream later on getting exposed to Bob Jones and the real wild prophets that would teach on deep, deep things of the Spirit. That, it would kind of expound on conspiracy theories at times, and it'd be really accurate. But in the AG, you didn't have any of that. So I remember going to Bible college, fresh out of the AG, Pentecostal, and people would be talking about the reptilians. And remember, the first time people talk about reptilians, it was just like, what is that? And it felt like this strange thing, this light bulb go off in my mind. And the whole, I've been on a journey with the reptilians ever since. Yeah, field trips to Nibiru, gray aliens, white aliens, the Atlanteans, just keeps getting weirder and weirder all the time. <laughs> oh no. But he has taught us a lot of the crazier things that uh, people can't handle. And we talk about those at Joel's Bar all the time because it's true. Satan is a reptilian. Satan's a snake and a serpent in the garden, and guess what his children are going to be like? Cain's offspring, offspring are reptilian. That's a biblical teaching of the serpent race. There's serpent seed in a serpent race of Cain, and the genealogies of that serpent race, Cain was of his father the devil, it says in Peter, and the genealogies are all about understanding Cain's race and Seth's race because the Messiah has to come through Eve and Seth. <laughs> Amen. That's why those genealogies are in there, guys. Bloodlines and seed wars. Because you got some seed down here that ain't redeemable. The seed of the evil one. Jesus Christ taught on seed. Seed is a reproductive system of some kind of sentient being from the spirit world. How deep do you want to go down the rabbit hole tonight? Okay. So, snake eggs. Invisible serpent eggs of reptilian fallen seraphim and cherubim fallen angels reproducing through the sin in your souls. That's how sin reproduces after its own kind, the fruits of the flesh. It's also like the fruits of the womb. Fruit comes from seed and pollination and germination. You don't just think, oh, it's just an orange or an apple. Something happened that came together, the male and the female, or the yin and the yang, or the knowledge of good and evil, or man and a snake, or Satan and woman in, in the Garden of Eden. 
in a reproduce something after the demonic kind, the fruits of the flesh, it's called. Fruits of the flesh is the seed line of fallen angels. That's how you know who the children of the devil live. They have sorcery, witchcraft, divisions, factions, arguments, legalism, debates. Now, wonderful thing about this is you come in to Christianity with all the fruits of the devil. You come in with full-blown reptile. Look at scales fall off Saul of Tarsus' eyes. Notice the Bible says scales. You ever think what scales come from snakes? There is reptilian over his eyes. The God of this world has blinded the hearts of unbelievers. How? Through scales, which is serpent DNA. An enemy sowed this seed, Jesus Christ said in the red letters. What seed? The seed of the fallen angels. Amen. Religion is reptilian. That's what we wrestle every day. That's why it's so nasty and it's just so terrible towards us and the slander. I mean, it's just as poisonous as a rattlesnake. Because that's what you're dealing with out here. We're snake handlers. Mark 16. You will handle deadly snakes and it will not harm you. That's my testimony of full-time ministry every week. I handle deadly snakes inside human beings. Reptilian eggs and hatching adders and all the works of the devil and the, the fruits of the flesh. It's snake handling. Not like these southerners drinking strychnine, testing the Lord with Mark 16. Snake handling Pentecostals, although we might do that too. We're open to that if the spirit leads. <laughs> Holy ghost. Might be cool to get a big albino boa constrictor. I know most of you are too paranoid. You might think it represents the devil, but I'm wise as a serpent now. This is my wise serpent. And he's white like glory, not white like sorcery. That would mess some of you up. A glorified serpent. Moses' bronze serpent. Just the glory snake crew coming through like... The gospel of Issus. Amen. Shaba. Oh man, I don't even know if we can get into this today. Glory. We open up our souls to you by presenting the truth to everyone's conscience in the sight and presence of God. 2 Corinthians 4.3 We'll wash you in the word a little bit just to get all of those snake eggs out of you. Even if our gospel message is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age. Hey, we just quoted that scripture in the spirit. Leaving them in unbelief, their blindness keeps them from seeing the dayspring light of the wonderful news of the glory of Jesus Christ. Notice how it's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful to talk about all the deep things of civilization and the spirit and the mysteries of man? and man's past with no fear. It's an honor and privilege to be able to communicate all the mysteries. You know, in order to unravel Babylon, mystery Babylon, you're going to need revelation. The reason why it's a mystery is because you don't understand how the world works. You don't understand 200 million fallen angels. You don't understand how the invisible, how the human spirit, the human mind work with starlight and sorcery and magic arts. There is a unraveling of the mystery Babylon. Notice when mystery Babylon 
comes forth, then when the mystery is revealed, only then in scripture does it go down and destroyed. The soul cannot come out of Babylon except through the revealing of mysteries. That's why we talk about crazy stuff that seems weird because it's it's not weird it's just a mystery to you and if you get into the revealing of mysteries the whole soul goes down into the crystal sea which is a fear free zone a poverty free zone a sin free zone a demon free zone to the measure that you reveal mystery babylon remember babylon is the word for religion by the way babylon means religion mystery religion understand man's soul understand woman's soul you can do it it's not impossible the bible mixed with the holy spirit explains everything to you god's a teacher i think i was in uh, matthew 23 yesterday and jesus says you shall have no teachers except the christ yay two sentences later i'm gonna send teachers to you you read it it's like he's constantly contradicting himself. I, I was shocked. I'd never seen that before. Literally within seconds of him saying, Christ is your only teacher, he says, I'm going to send you sages, teachers, and prophets. And you're going to stone him. But he's, he just said you have no teacher. What does that mean? These people are going to be Christ. They're going to be in union with Christ. They're going to be me. Sage means wise men. I'm going to send you wise men. I'm going to send you prophets and I'm going to send you teachers. Even though the only teacher is Christ, they will embody my spirit. It was wild. You have to get into the kingdom to understand some of these things. Religion gets you so far from kingdom concepts of how things really work in heaven that you never get any rewards. You never get any breakthrough. None of this works for your life. Jesus Christ said the traditions of men nullify the power of the word. There's nothing more powerful than the Bible except man's religion is what Jesus Christ said in the Bible. You understand? Religion is what shuts down salvation, freedom. It's what shuts down every revival has ended because of religion. Wow. So when you get this revelation, you have these experiences, especially you get around groups that are paying a price for it and getting persecuted for this stuff that Jesus walked in. You begin to have a fervency to fight this fight of faith against these enemies. This is not just for wild prophets. This is anyone who's revelatory, who understands the curse of the fall. If you don't have revelation, there's no way you get righteous indignation. Be angry and don't sin. There's no way you can actually be intense towards the problem until you have a, re a revelation of righteousness and wickedness because then justice and judgment can pour through you and bring a change that's needed into your area into your families into your schools into your marketplace your cities your places of living and doing life on earth the bible basic instructions before leaving earth no basic instructions for inheriting the earth the meek shall inherit the earth it's using the word to inherit the earth the inheritance of christ is shared with us but you only get it in christ christ is the only person that gets an inheritance but christ is in you now you realize the glory and be of his same attitude in your mind the bible says 
And when you begin to practice his person in you, practice his presence of his person in you, the world begins to shift around you. Angels begin to serve Christ formed in you. And you begin to have an inheritance flow into the Lamb of God formed in your body. That's what the bride of the Lamb is. The bride of the Lamb gets the full 100% inheritance of Jesus's works while Jesus is in heaven because Jesus is fully formed in her. You understand that? That's what's going to happen to you the next 10, 20, 30 years. There's going to be an increase of Christ in you. And all the stuff that's just you will begin to fade because you're going to be trained in righteousness. Moving past elementary things into training in righteousness. You know what training in righteousness? How to carry the ark of the covenant in your body and still brush your teeth and still parent kids and still run a business and still be in this world and pay your electric bill and still function in society. It's how to steward the kingdom within you and grow in wisdom and be as successful as Jesus, the Lord of everything, in your life. It takes years of training. That's what training in righteousness is. It's how to live in the anointing, in the success and victory of Jesus in every area of your life and as good as he is in that area. Jesus is a master of everything. The Bible says God's the best at everything. That's a verse in the Bible. God is the best at everything that's ever been done and can be done in the future. And that is part of your inheritance is skills. Craftsmen, skilled, skilled communicators, skilled teachers by the Holy Ghost. The best at everything. When Israel came out of Egypt, they were only good at building bricks. They were good at building pyramids. You know what the bricks were for? The building of the pyramids. They were only good at building religious buildings. Pyramids represent religious buildings made by human hands. They were building the kingdom of hell, guys. That's what you do when you're in Egypt when you lack revelation. What did they do when they went into Zion? They built the temple for the Lord. A container, an ark of his presence. And that was the sign that they were God's children, that they were Israelites, that they had a container of God on earth. And now you're no longer in Egypt doing the external works. You're in Zion. And just believe me, now you are in Zion. Be translated into Zion. And now your body is becoming the temple. You're building the temple. Your body is the temple that's being rebuilt. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah. It's an anointing to rebuild the original design for housing the throne of God the Father's glory in your bodies. All of the things you'll go through in life, this is first love, meaning the, the meaning of life is to go through life and use life to build the temple. Amen? You're building the temple. You're learning how to be wise master builders. It is written, wise like a wise master builder, I labored amongst you, Paul says in the Bible. And that's the apostolic in you, which is Christ in you. Christ is a builder. He's always building on the solid rock. We are always building on shifting sand. And a lot of us have mixture with we 
instead of he. We must decrease, he must increase. Which is wisdom building her seven pillars in you to hold up the very throne room of God the Father through the building of wisdom through your souls. You understand that's what the Spirit and the angels are doing towards you to turn you into a pillar. What is a pillar? A pillar represents what holds up the temple. It holds up the meeting place of encountering God. How much God depends on the pillar. How much, how well the ceiling and the cap and the crowning and the, the palm trees and all of the gold that inlaid the temple, it was only as great in the ceiling as the pillars that could hold it up. And they were called Jachin and Boaz, Solomon's pillars. Boaz was a businessman. Jachin was a priest. And they held up the tent of meeting God for all nations to stream into the temple. And they did for a long time, for hundreds and hundreds of years. They would stream from all over the world to come into Jerusalem. Let us go up to Jerusalem. Let us meet in the temple of the Lord. These are songs and psalms that the nations sung. I will make you a light to all nations, Jerusalem, Israel, and nations shall stream into Zion. And in the Old Testament, it was a physical place of dirt on earth. And it was glorious. There was glory there, guys. And they had fun. They had feasts. And you can go in those timelines that the works of the Holy Spirit in those timelines are all perfect. In those times, the works of the Spirit are all perfect. God's ways are perfect in every way. His ways back then were perfect. His ways today are perfect. What he's doing today is a lot different than what he was doing back then. But if you understand what he's doing back then, you understand what he's doing today because it's a progressive work today. He's perfecting the original design of the temple of the Garden of Eden, which is dwelling inside men and women's bodies. He's glorifying these temples now. These will be the temples. Those that overcome, I'll make pillars in the temple of my God, which means they're going to hold up a temple, the last temple, the third temple, which is Ezekiel 47. It's not what unbelievers are doing in Jerusalem. That's not the third temple. It's false prophetics. The third temple is Ezekiel 47. Get a revelation now, which is the water temple. Out of your belly float rivers of living water. Jesus Christ said that. Third temple is the temple of the bride of Christ, and you are the pillar of that temple. What are you overcoming? Whatever you've been holding up beforehand. Whatever you've been holding up over your house, the banner over your head, the names, the belief systems in your head, all that has to be torn down. Whatever you've been building on shifting sand, those are banners, those are names, those are demonic crowns, demonic anointings, demonic teachings, doctrines of demons, which means just training in lies. Doesn't mean just bad preachers like religious people say. It means training in deception. People are trained to believe in Darwinism. They're trained to believe the curse of the fall. They're trained in lies. That's what doctrines of demons are. They're taught lies from birth. So by the time they're 12 years old, they're fully convinced they're an animal. So just might as well live as an animal. Like their spirit's totally dead from false teaching. That's how you completely separate a person's mind from their spirit so they just live as an animal all their lives. So you have to reconnect their brain first, realize the glory that you are a spirit. Because the spirit is what gives us value. Because God's a spirit. If you don't find your spirit, you never, va never value your life on here. You have a low self-esteem problem, depression, 
but you're a spirit creating God's image. That's your nature. All of you, every person on earth is created a spirit. And now inside your spirit, Jesus dwells in you by faith. And faith will grow and manifest his kingdom through you and you will see the glory. He will glorify the temple and you will rise as a pillar in this generation to hold up the tabernacle of David, which is never-ending revival because your purpose in life was fulfilled, which is practicing his presence. Everything else is secondary. Once you're in his presence, everything's fun. The issue is being in the presence. There's monks that just be in his presence. They didn't even move. They lived in the same room. Hermits, they'd live on a platform 20 feet off the ground. They just bring sticks to feed him. They were just so whacked on the presence. Don't do any of that. It just represents once you're in his presence, even the dumbest stuff is enjoyable. Just sitting there for 20 years and you're just totally fried. You've ne He's been smiling in that chair 20 years. We think you don't have a mental problem. You have a trance problem because you're finally in the freaking glory, man. You're finally in the river encountering heaven and the temporal has been defeated so you're whacked in the eternal. When the eternal starts flooding the temporal, it spontaneously combusts in the cells of your flesh. It's called getting slain in the spirit, normal charismatic activity in every church on the planet. What happens when you're slain? The eternal rushed in and smacked the temporal. What happens if you stay in the eternal? Instead of getting slain in the spirit, you walk in the spirit, fly in the spirit, transfigure in the spirit and become the same likeness of the second Adam, a life-giving spirit, an outpouring of a tabernacle upon all the animals down below. You become a white dove. Who are these that fly along like doves, like clouds? And doves, and clouds and doves. Amen, and dove sacks too. Amen. That's us. That's us. <laughs> That's you. You are a white dove. That's your new nature in Christ. You're one that flies in the Spirit. Anyone born again has the white dove. You're born of the Holy Spirit. Your nature is white dove. You're not getting the white dove. You're born of the white dove. This isn't an inheritance through works. This isn't religion. It's not the devil. This is religion by birth. This is a transfer of inheritance through birthright. I mean, you get it because you've been born in it. No, your behavior will catch up to the born-again experience. That, that's usually a little off that needs refinement. Amen. But once you get the... That behavioral refinement comes with the birthright when you realize who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. And His nature in you just begins to transform your behavior. But without revelation, there's no behavioral transformation. It's just external rules, which is training in witchcraft. You got to get all that out of you, man. All the witchcraft has to go for all the river to flow. Amen. You have a Christian nature. Your spirit is loaded with God's sperm genetics. And the Bible uses the word sperm. God's seed. And you are God's offspring, which is Israelites. Israel means children of God or sons of God, prince of God, Israel. You are Israel, which means you are his God-spermed people. He's created you out of his very genetics. That's what the new creature is. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone's in Christ. He's a God-spermed creature. You're, you're a God-spermed creature. Amen. 
And the other part of you that came out of egg and sperm of man and woman is being devoured by the divine nature. It's, it's like feeding the animal or feeding the spirit. Those that feed the animal of what came out of the natural man, well, they live for the devil. Those that feed the spirit that came out of the spiritual man, the God of heaven, the father of spirits, God's a spirit, that spirit, they'll go from glory to glory. They'll get ever brighter. They'll have the same human body, but on the inside, it's a different kingdom, it's a different realm, it's a different world, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. So you no longer judge by external things, you go into the contents of the temple of the vessel. Amen? Amen. That's what, when you begin to see inside the hearts, Jesus saw what was in their hearts, it says. We're gonna, anyone that obeys him will walk as he walks. It is written, First John. You'll live the same life Jesus lives, the way, the truth, and the life, going to the Father. So your experiences will begin to see inside people's hearts and discern accurately the contents of their temple. And it won't be for being critical, judgmental, or to, to blackmail them, it, or to accuse them of their sins. It'll be learning how to save them by what you need to minister to them, what word of wisdom you bring out of the treasure house that'll illuminate their spirit, that'll put light in their spirit. So you learn how to minister. And you're all ministers of royal priesthood, a holy nation, because you all have the word of God in your hearts. If you're born again, you're already a full-time minister. Everyone born again is a full-time minister because you have the word of God in you. If you open your mouth, you're ministering the word. Amen? And we need the ministers of the word in the marketplace more than in ministry. Because a lot of people in ministry are not meant to be in ministry, and they're just here because it's a business for them. They're called hirelings, and we're not even hating on them, because I understand how confusing Babylon is. It's a business opportunity. People go to school to be a minister as a job. Many aren't even called to. It's just a profession for them. Right? It's true. So that's what seminary is. Training for a job. You need to be called so to part in the third heaven. Not in your own brain. You have to be... If God ain't doing it, don't even think about doing it. The worst thing you do is go to seminary Bible college. Try to be a minister when you're not called to be. is one of the worst experiences you could possibly have on planet Earth. It don't get any worse than that, guys. To get outside of God's will, ask Jonah about that. <laughs> to do what you're not supposed to do, especially in the realm of ministry. If you're not called, if you just make up a ministry because you want donations, it's the worst possible mistake you could ever make in your life. That's what often ends believers' lives short. It's what ends them prematurely. Because they try to get into ministry and they're not called. You just stay out there in the marketplace and let the calling in the election be sure it is written. When the calling and the election, sure, it comes with confirming signs, miracles, and wonders, and the prophetic, and the angels. Notice when the election came, there's angels every single time in the Bible. Make sure you have the angels, because the angelic isn't involved in it. God the Father ain't doing it at all. In fact, if the angels aren't there, there's no protection. That's why they're called angel armies, because armies protect. So if you're not flowing with the holy angels, you're not flowing in God. You need to flow with the angels. What does the Bible say? We look upon her because she's synchronized with her angels. Song of Solomon, it's written. She's with her angels. If the angels are doing, the angels are moved perfectly by the Holy Spirit. Jesus sometimes was led by the Spirit. Other times, the Bible says he was led by angels. Yeah, that's what it says. Book of Acts, sometimes they're led by the Spirit. Other times in the book of Acts, they're led by angels. An angel came to them. <laughs> you have to have both. 
It's not always the Holy Spirit. Half the time in the New Testament, it's angels, which means you'll be lost if you don't follow angels. We don't want to follow an angel of light. Well, you already have been. That's why you're worried about it. You've already done that. Now it's time to rise above it into the light where there's revelation and and comfort and blessedness. These are angelic realms of glory. That's why it's called angelic ecstasy in 1 Corinthians 13. If we have angelic ecstasy and love, it's pretty awesome. Angelic ecstasy without love, pretty stupid. But angelic ecstasy with love is about as good as it gets. You're whacked in the glory and you love. You're as successful as you could possibly be in Christianity. That's the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, is living in that angelic realm and then loving perfectly, the mark of true maturity. And don't think you have one and not the other. You, you can't love without the angels all around you. The more you love, the more angels are around you because you're taking on the divine nature. God is love. And God is surrounded, what the Bible say, by myriads of countless angels. So if it's real love, there will be thousands and thousands of angels around you. People were saying, I went into this meeting, the prophets were so astonished. They'd never seen any so many angels assigned to that person. And these are these are just the these are just the clergy at Red at Red Letter Ministries. <laughs> yeah, there's no clergy here. Or uh, laity. The laity. These are just the, the bench warmers at RLM. They never seen so many angels and they were assigned to our bench warmers. The ones that show up on Facebook once a week. <laughs> That's funny, because it is true. Our standard's so high that everyone around here, they go, so how you deal with stuff? That's why you deal with so much stuff when you come into this ministry, because you're going so high, you're beginning to accumulate angels. And only with the accumulation of angels by the resurrection heights that you ascend, do you do any damage to the kingdom of hell whatsoever? Celestial bodies shall be shaken. Why? Because you come up with your own celestial body. The celestial garments, it's written in the Bible. Your angelic garments, your angelic abilities are the abilities of a Christian. Equally yoked to Jesus Christ with spiritual angelic ability. That's what the bride of Christ, that's her job description. If he can do it, I can do it, because greater is he who lives in me than the loser in the world. Amen. Same exact father. It's a little weird, but it is a brother-sister marriage. Jesus marries his sister. My sister, my bride, Song of Solomon. It is written. That's written like four times. It's not it. So we call that incestuous glory. The anointing of incesticide. Some of you, that like makes you cringe, but that's freedom applied to verses in the Bible and just got to deal with it. Because to the pure, all things are pure, but if you're defiled, all things are defiled. Which means if you cringe at revelation, the redeeming of things that you have a negative assessment for, the prophetic's at work in you, washing you from judging negatively. You understand that's how you rise from the dead, is getting all that negative false prophetic of everything being bad off of you, to everything being glorified way, way up higher. Amen? That's how you rise from the dead. You gotta get the dead stuff, the dead letter off of you. The dead letter means everything's bad. Uh-huh. When you're raised from the dead, it's you have revelation about everything. Even your enemies will work for you. I'll make peace with your enemies. And your enemies will give you a blessing, Proverbs says. There are elevations of the resurrection where there's nothing bad. All things work for good for those who love him. Very few Christians ever experience that literally. Most people have all kinds of bad things happen to them all the time, and it's just constant drama. It's because your elevation's so low. You gotta go higher in your inner man. 
Keep eating and letting your mind shut off snake skins and reptilian brain cells. <laughs> the, you gotta get more and more layers of the reptiles off of your spirit. You're gonna be shedding. I, I've seen people, human beings, shed snake skins. You wanna know how whacked we are in the spirit? These are Christians, born again. I've seen them shed snake skins, human beings. True story. And these were prophets too. Just so you can understand how much of the red dragon or the serpent in the gardens coming off you. It's just layer upon layer until there's actually a wisdom there of how to deal with it and not some kind of insecurity or fear, which means you've matured as a priest to deal with the curse of the fall and it doesn't intimidate you anymore. You have to grow up to that place. And we will. We don't preach ourselves, but rather the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For we are your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God, who said, Let brilliant light shine out in darkness. He's the one who has cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We are like common clay jars. Because we know no one after the flesh. Common clay jar Brandon. That carry the glorious treasure. Oh, look out. He knows God the Father on the inside. That any man in there. That's the Father of glory. Amen? That's where you're going to. The glory treasure within. So that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. That they could see God in you. That they could see the glory on you. That's why you get undignified. So it's obvious to everyone, that ain't man, that's God. God's a wild man. Though we experience every kind of pressure, oh, boo-hoo, we're not crushed. I'll get through Light at the end of the tunnel eventually. You need to drink through the tunnel, man. Don't worry about the dumb tunnel. <laughs> Let the angel bring you wine immediately, yeah. like in a med kit. <laughs> you might need electroshock therapy tonight. <laughs> Release the medic angels to shock these people with the goodness of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ's covenant towards their spirit, to shock the enemy out of them in all directions, that they rise up quickly. Amen. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Amen. We are persecuted, that's for sure. We're the most persecuted ministry in the whole world. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> By others. But God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> we continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. Notice that the life and death thing here. 
so that the life of Jesus, by being handed over to the death of Jesus, will be revealed through our human bodies. Oh, hallelujah. So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. Woo! Heavy revy. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, First I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him. And together, we will all be brought into his presence. Praying in the upper room. That's our never-ending party. Not the kind of praying they do on earth. That's so boring, man. I just can't stand it. The praying in heaven, which is revel revelry. It's a party spirit. You understand that? The marriage supper lamb is people that learn the Lord's prayer. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Oh my God. Yours is the glory. Glory. That's how you pray. Teach us how to pray. Is getting into the glory. And we got in the glory. And we're learning how to pray. Amen. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Big outreach tomorrow in Africa. Last night for giving. If you want to give into the outreach. Excited. Shadrach says this is our 25th RLM Africa outreach 25 hasn't that gone by fast <laughs> hallelujah let's be a blessing to them links in the description if you want to give and just remember <laughs> to pray <laughs> just remember to pray <laughs> see you guys tomorrow <laughs> i got a special offering song i'm excited about <laughs>
Start the doubt, here we go Taking back, these words we 